This is the Investor Frame Podcast with me, Paul Sparks. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another invest uh, episode of the Investor Frame Podcast. On this show, we interview real estate investors and entrepreneurs so that they can share their stories so we can learn from their experiences to get closer to the things that we want in life without chasing more and more and more. Um, today, I've got an excellent guest here with me, Nathan Brooks. Nathan is a, a real estate investor out of Kansas City. He's he's grown a significant real estate portfolio. He just wrote a book. If you're watching this uh, on YouTube, The No Quitter's Guide to Crushing Real Estate Investing and Building an Extraordinary Life. He and I have a lot in common in the ways that we approach real estate investing. So I'm extremely excited to have him here today share his story about his solvable problem and the things that he's using to get closer to what matters to him in life. Uh, welcome in, Nathan. It's great to have you. Paul, thank you so much. And uh, it's fun connecting on this and all the things you you guys, your team, you are working on too. It feels like we're uh, we're kindred spirits in, in uh, creating some amazing things. Yeah, man, absolutely. Uh, and we we met each other through Family Mastermind, which is a you know a group for uh, real estate investors and folks doing uh, different different types of products. So um, gotten to gotten to know you and your business from afar, but uh, you know we're starting to get to know each other a little bit better. To kick things off, why don't you give us your six word update for the day, uh, and what is that for you? My six word update today is vision creates purpose towards imperfect action. Wow, sounds like straight out of your book. So maybe tell me, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, well, you know, it's a challenging thought when you when you say, "Hey, put put an update in six words." you know, and a guy, uh, you know, I like words. So some, you know, and of course, as a writer, it's important to be clear and specific and, and, but also create detail around what you want to. So for me, this is, <clears throat> I think a lot of people, well, I just got off of, of a six day trip coaching clients in, uh, in, in four different clients, three different States and, and, uh, three different time zones. And every single time you have a conversation with, with someone in business, you have to ask like, okay, wait, wh what problem are we actually solving here? And do we actually have a vision as to what this action is going towards? And, you know, for years I've worked with, you know, clients all over the country and so many people are either, you know, they're ready for aim and they, they're going so fast. They haven't actually come up with a, with an actual vision, a reason why they're pursuing it. And some people are so afraid to take any action that they don't do anything. And, um, and so, this was important to me as I'm thinking about everything in my life, the coaching uh, people that I have in my life as well. And uh, so still having vision, having purpose, but also taking imperfect action towards it. Yeah. You know, we call this micro stepping inside of our certainty operating system. It means like you have to start engaging at a certain point. Like when you want to do something new, it's important to, to, to actually go out and get feedback. Uh, mm -hmm. We say feedback from the system, and, and I think that that really that's really well said. Do me a favor and tell us a little bit about you and about your business. You know, you do all sorts of stuff. Like we said, we you just wrote this book. Tell us a little bit about your real estate business and and some of the other things that you're working on. Yeah, absolutely. So I uh, have been in that fix and flip space first. That's really kind of where I cut my teeth. We did you know 700 some odd fix and flips over five or six year period. Wow. We did um, another you know, hundred plus ground up construction, um, you know, mostly single family stuff. And recently though, over the last, 
year and year and a half, really even challenging my own self on these, you know, these same principles, these same things, like where, where's the vision? What is it that I want to actually create in my life and my business? And am I, you know, is the business actually operating in the way that I want it to, or is it owning me in, in, in certain ways, both time, mental bandwidth, fun, joy, um, time. Did I mention time? <laughs> and so I, uh, right now I'm really focused on doing deals that either are high leverage for cash flow or high leverage for uh, equity or high leverage for fun. And so those are really the th three things that uh, I'm focused on. So buying Airbnbs that do one, two, three, four, 10,000 a month net um, and m building uh, ground up uh, multifamily in Texas as well. So really focused on, on a couple of those specific things. Yeah, that's awesome, man. It's, it's an incredible amount of volume in terms of what you've been able to accomplish. Um, and I also know that you just wrote a book, uh, The No Quitter's Guide to Crushing Real Estate Investing and Building an Extraordinary Life. What I love about that title and the mistake I think that I made, and I, I'm sure a lot of and, and entrepreneurs can relate to this, is we got into the business to like make a bunch of money, you know? And we're not saying that making a bunch of money is wrong, but there's this other side of this that we have to consider, which is living an extraordinary life. Um, would you mind telling us a little bit about the inspiration for the book, you know, what the book's about and how you help people on both sides of, of the coin there? Absolutely. And it, well, first of all, I, I think writing the book for me was something that I had written, you know, you can't see the, the other side of my really messy desk, but I have a dozens of books on my desk here and I, I'm an avid reader and, um, you know, books are literally the, the highest leverage and least costly way to learn. And anybody out there saying they haven't have the time or they don't have the money or whatever, uh, it's nonsense. So go to the library, go on Amazon, 22 bucks a month on audible. You can get two books a month. Right. There's no excuses. Um, so for me, it, books were such an impact on my life and, and on my business and on my mindset and, and anything that I wanted to learn and pursue, I could literally get a book for, you know, what, 10, 20 bucks um, and, and be able to change. So I wanted to write a book that it wasn't just a real estate book. I wanted it to actually give direction, uh, give, give purpose to people when they are trying to understand literally, like we just talked about, uh, I want to go make a bunch of money. Okay. You know, everybody does, right? Like everybody's like, I want to make more money, but why? Like, what is the purpose of that money and, and how are we utilizing it? And so I wanted to literally go from step one, which is, gosh, how do I make a change in my life? And, and what I believed real estate to be and not to be like, what, what is true? And then have some real estate 101, but then also really work on the vision component and say, okay, I believe Paul that I can be successful, but what is actually, what, how do I define success beyond just money? And also the last part, how do I define success beyond just myself? Hmm. And, you know, I can, I can speak for myself here. I got caught up in this trap of identifying with the tool that I'm using. Real estate is this fantastic tool to, to help us get ideally where we want in life. But what I found was that for the first couple of years I was doing this, like I got so trapped in the identity of being a real estate investor 
And it took me a while to figure out like, you got to zoom out here. And, and this is a tool to help you achieve something in your life, money and, and financial security, financial certainty, as we call it. These are all tools to enable the extraordinary life. So, you know, maybe this is a good segue into how you think about your solvable problem, you know, and, and ideally we're, we're using these tools like real estate and, you know, other investments, other actions that we take on a daily basis to get us closer to the things that we actually want out of life. And I know you do some extraordinary things. You have, uh, you know, you're, you're, you do a whole lot with martial arts and you do all sorts of different things, right? So how do you think about your solvable problem and how are you using the tools at your disposal to help you get those things? Yeah, first, well, I'll define, uh, and I love the concept of the solvable problem, which which you know, I think Tim Ferriss really kind of took a swing at in a four-hour uh, work week when he talked about you know. There's a lot of different really amazing nuggets out of the book, but uh, you know, thinking about like somebody wants a, a a Ferrari or whatever fancy car they want, uh, they don't need to stroke uh, to one hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand dollar check. They need to be able to understand what period of time they want to drive it and what it's going to cost them to lease it or rent it or whatever. Like you can go drive one for the weekend. That's a solvable problem doesn't mean you need to spend all that money on that. And I think we, we look at real estate and we, 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 we miss, like you said, what, what the actual problem is and utilizing the real estate and the money as a tool, which is what it is. It's not, that is not the thing. The success is the emotion and experience that we feel. It's not the money in the bank account. The money in the bank account is the tool that helps us do the things that we want to do. So for me, it was, I don't want to work 80 hours a week. I don't think hustle and grind is right. I don't want to, to work just for the sake of working. And I hate shading time for dollars, whether it's not high leverage for things of helping people for me, high leverage for, for making money or high leverage for doing something I love. And so, you know, for me, it was uh, making a certain amount of money per year with the least amount of time possible. Uh, so I didn't want to work. You know, I wanted, I love working, but I wanted to have specific time for working. And then I wanted, I love being outdoors. So you said, I have a lot of things I love to do. Uh, I, I do love training martial arts after this podcast. I'll be putting a gi on and rolling with a bunch of, you know, sweaty dudes in a gym uh, because it, it makes me uh, one humble. Number two, I'm always constantly thinking about how to be better in anything I do and martial arts. Believe me, if you don't train or haven't trained uh, humbling hard and, uh, and, and it's something worthwhile pursuing. A lifelong long pursuit. Um, I want to be the Renaissance man, Paul. That's 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 it. Um, and then you know I, I'm an avid hunter, and I I didn't grow up hunting, but it's one of those you know other things where it's like, hey, I want to be able to truly handle myself, understand how to operate in the world, no matter what. Like, how can I get to that to that path? And so I spend 30, 40, 50 days a year hunting, just because I love it. And then vacation and all those other things with the family and time and personal time. And I like, and I, and I value that time uh, that I have. So those are the things that I'm, I'm always thinking about. Mm. <clears throat> so let me ask you a question because one of the, again, another thing that I struggled with was not, you know, this whole, like, well, what's your, why, what's your solvable problem? That was such a daunting question for me for so long. And I think, a lot of times what I did is I tried to look outward and say, well, 
what are all these other people doing? Do I like that? Do I like this? This process of discovering what is important to you. Why do you think so many people struggle with that? And why do you think that comparison in our industry is such a pervasive like disease almost, right? Like looking at all these other people and saying, yeah, but they have a bigger business than me or, but yeah, but they're doing more deals per year. Um, you know, and, and why do you think as entrepreneurs, we struggle with that so much? Man, that is such a good question. And, and I would be lying if I don't have those same questions and thoughts in my own mind. So I, I think it's, I think the importance, first of all, is to say, why are we having that, that feeling? Right. And, and I think, first of all, we have to come to what, okay. There's a couple of questions you had. So what's your, why within that solvable problem? And one thing I didn't mention was I also want to give away a million dollars a year in perpetuity setup that runs, uh, it, for many generations in arts and education. And I spent my youth and I still play music. I, I played music professionally for you know multiple decades. I love to help kids get into the things that, you know, in, in education where, 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 where we're missing or find ways to inspire kids to do amazing things and grow. And so that's beyond me uh, within that solvable problem, which is totally solvable. But I think the comparison first actually starts with ourselves because we don't take the time in meditation and journaling and self-reflection, like go be on a mountain for seven days by yourself and not talk. Like <laughs> you got plenty of time to ponder what's going on in the universe and what's in your own brain and uh, putting yourself in those situations where they, where you have to struggle and you have to get better. So I think it's easy because we don't actually spend the self-reflection time on what we actually want. And so we wander. And then what happens when we wander? We're like, oh, shiny object. Oh, shiny object. Instead of saying, oh, I really like that you know, business, uh, but it's not my business or it, it's not producing the result that I want. Or you know, for me, I, I, I had the same problem. So we did all those deals. We did hundreds of deals. But in reality, when I look at it now, I'm like, I don't want that big business. Mm. I don't want all those people. Uh, not because I don't love them. I still have great relationships with almost all the people that worked for me over the last, you know, nearly a decade, but that's not what I wanted, but I was watching everybody else like, oh, I'm going to do more deals. I'm going to, you know, get more, uh, make more money, have more people in, in my staff, but I didn't take the time to actually write out how it looked, looked and felt for me. Mm -hmm. And so once I did that, that was a completely different uh, recognition <clears throat> Uh, and, and an ability then to make a change. Yeah. Well, I think, unfortunately, a lot of this is biological. Like we were given this woolly mammoth brain, as I call it, right? And we've had this brain being developed for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And like, we needed a lot of these aspects for survival. This idea of like, maximizing for everything. Like we have to take advantage of every opportunity that comes our way because we don't know when the next woolly mammoth is going to come, right? We have to, so like our brain is wired towards more and chasing more and more and more. And that doesn't necessarily serve us in the modern day and in entrepreneurship. And so 
you know, if you're a big reader, you've probably read Daniel Kahneman. Um, and he talks about system one versus system two brain. You know, system yeah. one is this like reactionary, biological, survival-based brain. And I've and what I've noticed is that I've operated from that survival brain. And it, and it just, it'll ping pong back and forth, you know, you can't shut that off because it's biological. So what you really need is you need a mechanism to be able to shift from system one to system two. And that is what you're describing as like, you know, having meditation, having, you know, doing journaling, things like this to bring it back to like, that's cool. I'm happy that they have this amazing business. The survival side of my brain is going to say, yeah, but I could do that too. Yeah, if they're doing more deals, well, I'm a high achiever. I could do that too. Yeah. But that doesn't serve us because that is an endless loop that will never stop. And you have to be able to make that shift from the system one survival brain and in, uh into this, yeah, but how does this help me get closer to the things that are actually important to me? Yep. Yeah, I I can could not agree more, and it makes me think of similar terminology, whatever. It puts us in that fight or flight brain. It's the same the same concept. Same where thing. Yeah. We we have to have awareness to where our brain is actually going, where our thoughts are actually going. And you said another thing, which I think about all the time: a loop or a story. Like all of a sudden, a story plays in your mind, and you're like, "Oh, <laughs> this is a story." Like I do not need to go build that. I do not need to go battle a, a woolly mammoth or a tiger or whatever, because um, that's not the problem today. Yeah, but I get to go back to what the written problem is that I want to solve. And I just want to say one more thing on that because I think you know you said why do people struggle with this? Well, guess what? I'm still working on mine. Like I bet you would say you're still working on yours. So. You don't have to say, I have it perfect. I do not. I don't. Yeah. But I have one. And, and, and back to my six words, right? Vision creates purpose towards imperfect action, yeah. not perfect. action. I mean, that's why I like to say that it's biological is because like, guess what? You didn't ask for it, but you're getting it. It's there. <laughs> it's there yeah. all the time. You cannot yeah. shut it off. It's yeah. just it's what it's what was given to you. It's what's between your ears. You, good luck, like trying to change that. So, so let's shift this to more practical. Um, how do we set up what, what you know bumpers, right? So that we're not getting too far off track and chasing things. You mentioned a couple things like meditation and journaling. I mean, those are critical. Uh, have been critical to my success. I carry around this moleskin notebook with me everywhere I go. Like it does not leave my side because I'm constantly trying to deal with that fight or flight brain and, and like reconciling with that with like, okay, but what do I actually want? So, you know, what has, what have you found outside of journaling and, and meditation that is like some, maybe some other, you know, ways that you keep yourself because as we start doing things in business i mean you're doing big business you're building you know brand new construction you flipped 700 homes you know what are some of the bumpers that you keep in place maybe like non-negotiables so it doesn't bleed into how important hunting is for you how important it is to do martial arts like maybe like what kind of guardrails do you set up so that you don't get off track yeah great so I ask first, like what level of uh, time, what is my time commitment? What is my financial commitment? 
And I like to like Sir Richard Branson says, you know, is it a hell yes or a no? Mm. And we're so it's so easy for us as entrepreneurs to just be like, oh yeah, let's start another business. Oh yes, let's let's go do this or that. Let's do more deals. Uh, and so for me, I have and this has been a recent change, like within the last 12 to 18 months for me. I just started saying no more. Like, because I think people are so afraid to say no. But in reality, no gives more space for yes to the things that you really want. And so another thing that I do is I keep notes on my phone. So I travel quite a bit. And uh, so I'll keep notes from literally like 10 years back. What am I working on? Like, what is my purpose in life? What is it that I want my business to look like? And I go back through and I read 10 years, 10 years ago, Nathan, and five years ago, Nathan, and mm. two years ago, Nathan, and say, okay, well, what was I thinking about? And, and what manifested over time? Because what's really important will be created, what we really, what we really uh, want. And, and, but also then going back and say, did that serve me? Did that serve my business? Did it serve my family? And so I've utilized that for years now. And I get on the plane, I go back and look through my notes, I take more notes. And it's, it serves me as a stop because you're not doing much business on that airplane, right? Or, and, mm -hmm. and if you don't travel a lot, then you could literally put a, put a 60, 60 minute you know, time block on your calendar. And second is I am a time blocking maniac. So if it's not on the calendar, it's not happening. And I have many blocks on my calendar where it says doing fun things like training jujitsu. If it's not 10 degrees outside, I'm playing golf. I want to go do and experience the things that I enjoy, which then helps me have time to think about the things that I want to do and be more purposeful with whatever those choices are. So that that's really, it, it's been incredible to say, Hey, uh, I'll give you an example. I spent 20 years plus as a singer. Guess what you have to have as a singer? Breath. Mm. You cannot sing without breath. <clears throat> it's not possible. Right. And so as a singer, we learn... I, I'm from my diaphragm and I have like plenty of air and I have support in the way. And I, I understand the structure of everything that comes out of my mouth, but it doesn't start there. It starts, you know, deep in my diaphragm. And how often do we not leave breath in our life, in our time, in our calendar, in our relationships where without oxygen, you die. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the risk of saying yes to everything, right? Is like, I have a coach that says the number one word in a champion's vocabulary is restraint. Being able to show restraint and say no to things because our, again, we're biologically wired towards yes, yes, I'll do this. That sounds like a great opportunity. I could make more doing that. But in order to, to, to have space in order to, to align with your actual solvable problem, the things that you're wanting in life, you've got to have space to be able to reflect on these things. Um, so I, I love that you're, you know, you, you said two things. One is that you spend time reviewing, uh, this sheet on your phone. Again, we just call that solvable problem. What are you actually trying to get closer to? Mm -hmm. The first filter seems like you're asking yourself is like, does this actually help me get closer to those things or not? If yes, then move it to the next stage and we'll, we'll consider it. Right. If not, then the answer is no, right off the bat. The answer is no. And that filter right there has been just monumental in helping me decide what to consider and what not to consider, you know? Um, and the second thing you said is time blocking and, you know, champions know how to use their, their time extremely well uh, because 
they are, you know, again, as coach, he describes this pendulum that swings back and forth between what he calls receivership and application, right? And so you have to spend time in receivership to make sure that your actions are, are still guided. Does this, is this still something that I want, right? Because I would, I'm sure that you would agree that, you know, Nathan 10 years ago wants things that are very different than what you want today. I'd say it's reasonable to assume it's going to be different than what you want 10 years from now. Right. So not only do we need to check in with that and ask ourselves, like give ourselves permission to change our mind. Like, Hey, I know that I said that I wanted this at a certain point in time, but now that we've got new information, it no longer makes sense. But if you just have your head down buried in the application of what you're doing, you might pick your head up two or three years later and realize, crap, like all these actions I've taken, like I never actually took time to rethink, is that what I wanted? That's, that is a hundred percent true. And the only thing I'll add to what you just said, which was beautifully said is you also have enough connection to yourself and, and also the ego within you, which sometimes can drive you to do things that you shouldn't is if you look back to, or if you look, if you're looking forward and you're saying, okay, two or three years, I I've just had my head down doing this thing. You may very well have let your ego in the way because you're just like, oh no, I'm going to do this. Even though yeah. you, your, your mind or your body, your brain, your heart, other people around you, like, Hey, this is stupid. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> No, no, no. I'm going to, I got to finish what I started. I got to, you know, no, it's okay to change course. It's okay to look back and say, I'm wrong. It's okay to slow down. It's okay to change your business. Like those things are okay. It's not okay to keep doing something that's not serving you, not serving people around you, not serving the things that you want. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Well, um, so the title of this show is called the investor frame. And in this book, Rigging the Game, that our my partner Dan Nicholson wrote, he describes what he calls the investor frame. And it asks this question, knowing what I know now, would I still choose to opt in to my current situation? And that question has changed my entire life because knowing what I know now, those decisions that I made years and years ago to do this thing But, you know, because I'm, quote, someone who does what they say they're going to do. Yeah. You know, it's it's so hard for us to let go of that. uh, We made this decision and I'm going to see it through to the end. But guess what? Knowing what I know now, would I choose to make that decision? Would I choose to own this business? Would I choose to be here with you on this podcast? Right. These are all questions we have to ask ourselves daily because otherwise you're just going to keep doing things. Because that's how our human, you know, brain is wired to just keep doing stuff. And you have to have this mechanism to say, yeah, but does it still make sense? Would I choose to opt in? Uh, because by opting, by by continuing to do the same things over and over and over, you're opting in day after day after day. Correct. Well, you know, it's funny that you asked that. So uh, August of August of 21, I had 16 people who were on my staff. Uh, what is this? The last day of January 23, I have two. And uh, well, I've, I've a couple and a business partner and a couple of business partners and different various things. But, you know, 
it's really painful when you, when you all of a sudden have this realization, like, oh man, I just spent all this time building this thing and I don't really love it. <laughs> like, so I 100%, I mean, we were, we were on Inc 5,000 and, you know, we're getting, you know, attention and all these things that, you know, feel really good. Good job, Nathan. But in the end, if it's not serving you, you, then you're a slave to it and, mm -hmm. and you're not. And so, you know, we, my partner and I, in, in that primary business bridge, bridge business really had to make some hard choices. And that, that involves hard conversations with people. It involves, you know, again, conversations with your own ego, like, Hey man, you don't have this huge business anymore, but on the other side of the pain and, and discomfort was also like, Oh man, can you imagine if we could have this business? Can you imagine if we could have this as our outcome? And so instead of being guided by our own egos and our own, you know, <clears throat> desire to just have this thing, uh, we, we made the hard choices and, mm. and reduce that business. And, and what's crazy is we'll make more money, have more fun, have more freedom in the size of business and the operation that we have now than what we were making before with such a much bigger overhead, much bigger, you know, uh, team and all that. So, you know, I think that knowing what I know now, I, I have hard, I've made that hard decision. Uh, at least what was, what was going to serve me, my family, my business better over the last 18 months. It's so hard because um, <laughs> we get so attached to the decisions that we've made. Yes. And I'm, I would, I'm sure you would agree that there is not a right or wrong way to do business or to build a business, mm -hmm. but there is a problem when you go seeking consensus very early in the process and saying, well, what would you do? You know, if you were me, what would you do? And a lot of times we're asking people that don't necessarily understand what we're trying to optimize for. Um, so I found that a lot of times, you know, I the first couple of years in business, I was getting further and further away because I was playing other people's game. And when you can align with your strengths and what you want out of life, because that's not right or wrong, that's a preference, right? Mm -hmm. You know, yep. do you want to build some massive business because you can make a large, you know, a, a huge influence on your community or you know, there's just different ways to go about this, but there's not a right or wrong answer. What is right is like aligning with the way that you play the game, right? And when you can, and that's, that is true alignment and harmony. And then typically financial certainty follows that and flows through you. Um, that's what I've noticed. I, I completely agree. And I think the other thing too is, is, you know, back to what we were talking about earlier on, you know, seeing other people's businesses and like, gosh, can you imagine, you know, I know friends who, are, who have businesses that make, you know, millions of dollars a month or, or doing, you know, the, the number of deals we were doing a year in a, in a month or whatever. And, you know, it's so easily, it's so easy to get attached to that. But the other thing that I've, I've really adopted and embraced is, is a model of testing where, you know, it doesn't have to actually be, this commitment to forever doing something instead mm -hmm. you actually get to put the hat on that says i want to be an investor and i want to do fix and flips and i'm going to run this as a test and i'm yes. going to see how and and does it feel right like when you put that piece of clothing on that it fits and it feels good and and it actually works and you put it on over day after day and guess what you wake up thinking about it now i'm thinking about the business not the clothing i go to bed thinking about it and I'm dreaming about what problem I'm solving. And then you realize, okay, I am on the right track. And like you said, 
you can ask people for input as far as like making a decision one way or the other, but towards the vision you've already created. You're not having them set a vision. You're setting a vision and you're having them help you stay in those bumpers and, and those people who have been before you to create uh, something similar or something that they can guide you to help you create that. Yeah, man. That's awesome. Well, we spent we spent quite a bit of time talking about solvable problem and just um, making decisions that help us get closer towards these things. I want to shift gears a little bit and ask um, some strategic things around your real estate business. And let's talk about the barbell. So most of the people who have listened to this show, they know we talk about the barbell framework as a way to think through how we align our strategies, right? So on one side of the barbell, we want to have reliable, consistent things that allow us to lock in our financial certainty. On the other side, we want to have asymmetrical bets to the upside, where like this doesn't need to go right. But if it does, that's fantastic. We're taking bets with high upside and low downside. So talk to me about some of the strategies that are working for you. I know, you, like you said, you're doing flips, you're doing developments, you wrote a book, you've got some coaching. How does all this fit on your barbell and how do you think about that? Absolutely. Well, the thing that I have come back to over all those flips and all those years and uh, is I really don't want to sell anything. So I don't want to really do deals that I'm not excited about holding long-term. And if we end up flipping something fine, but that that's not my intention anymore. Like I I've been there and done that, so to speak on the, on the, the, the fix and flipping and so forth. And so I'd rather, I'd rather build that sustainable wealth balance sheet and capacity to do the big deals, which is what I'm really enjoying doing. And all of that is required to have that balance sheet, have that cash flow in the in the experience doing it. So that's number one. I, I'm not going to do another deal for just the sake of doing it and, and putting some cash in my pocket short term. Uh, number two is I am adding, uh, I like that 80-20 leverage point. So uh, can I do an Airbnb uh, unit that I make, you know, a thousand, two thousand, five thousand dollars a month? Or you know that single family unit that makes a hundred bucks a month, or you know it's really tough to make cash flow right now, interest rates and so forth, rents, prices. We can anyway. So I, I'm really thoughtful on that. So it's either a big balance sheet increase or it's a big cash flow increase for me. Uh, and then is it with somebody that I like? And one of the other things that I've been really thinking about from a barbell standpoint is I don't have to do everything myself. And I think we get in this we get in this pattern where we're like, I can do it the better than anybody else can, whatever. I don't believe that's true. There's a lot of people who can do a great job, but their, their goal and their vision has to be in alignment as close to with what you want to create as possible. That's where the, 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 the synergy happens. And so in my barbell, I'm also working with people who already have a system in place for, you know, like my general contractor or my Airbnb partner, they already have businesses that run really well. And I can bring the thing that's a special sauce that I have to those relationships and create that. So that's consistent where I'm not having to go build a huge system. I get to bring what I already do well. And then third, uh, for, as far as, you know, the actual things, coaching, I, I am looking at the time uh, that I'm spending, but also the opportunity they get to meet someone new or have an investor in a deal or, um, buy an Airbnb in a really cool place that I'm working on this year, by the way, um, Scottsdale or St. Pete, I will own it by the end of the year nice. it to the universe. Uh, and so, uh, I want to make sure that 
all those things also bring joy. So I don't care what's on that barbell. If it's something that I'm not enjoying doing or a person I do not enjoy with, it doesn't matter because that shifts the weight of everything. Because mm-hmm. now you're not even thinking about your the business. You're thinking about that emotion. You're thinking about the relationship and the problems that you're having to solve there. So, and it's not to say you won't have problems. You want to have better and better problems with people who want to solve those problems. Mm. And then lastly, I take, I take small bets on big things. And so, you know, I'll put some money, which is a small portion of my net worth into, uh, I've made some, some, uh, blockchain bets that didn't do so well. I've made some, uh, you know, like I mentioned to you, like Forex bets that have done incredibly well. Uh, and I'll make bets, uh, with, with certain people too, like, uh, Hey, let's see if this business can get up and running, uh, where I sit in the owner's box, I give some input and I give a little bit of money and we'll see, you know, and I let it run. And so that's been, uh, my strategy, real estate as the base, and then joint, joint venture opportunities with people that already have, uh, um, both vision and, and, a, and a shared uh, goal, and then make some, some high leverage bets. I love it, man. You and I think very similarly. Uh, what I pulled out of what you just said there is that relationships are your most reliable currency, right? 100%. And you are, you are finding reliability and predictability from people who have already built that into their businesses, you know? We all know anytime you do something new in business, it's an upside play. Like there is no reliability yet. And instead of like trying to take this thing and and force it to make it reliable, you can just rely on your, the relationships that you've built over all these years and in this business and create reliability because it already exists, right? And you add value to that business. And, and that's exactly how I'm approaching my barbell right now is uh, you, you probably heard this phrase and people are throwing it around a lot these days, this idea of relationship capital mm-hmm. and what a valuable currency relationships are, you know? Yes. Um, and, and honestly, that is my most valued currency because it brings me so much joy to, yes. to work on projects with people that excite me. And there's, there's a lot of reliability built in there because you can rely on them and their areas of, of expertise. A hundred percent. A good buddy of mine, which you may know, Ron Phillips said, Nathan, are you making all of your relationship capital? Not in like an abusive way, right? Not in like, I'm sucking everything dry that's opportunity. It's like, no, are you actually taking the opportunity that's already in front of you, which could be something really incredible? Uh, and, And I think that's all, that all comes back to that the vision that you created and what you want to do in your life. And I love impacting and helping people. I love coaching and helping change people's mindsets around what they want to create or how they want to live their life or their belief in themselves. These, these things are critical. And I think it it's rampant of people not having their own emotional sovereignty over themselves and self-love and care, and then belief that they can actually go do something. So you and I get to talk about this and we get to tell people, guess what? That's not true. You get to make a choice. Mm-hmm. You get to start with this. And then you get to make whatever those 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 decisions are past that, that make a huge impact. And the more you go help other people, relationships, the more you're going to get what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to, I'll, I'll throw this at you because I, I don't think we talked about this before we started, but you have said that your kind of solvable problem, one of the things you're working towards is becoming this renaissance man. And I love that. 
Uh, one of the things that I say is my solvable problem is I want to get to a point where I can play business the same way that I play pickup basketball. I'm a big <laughs> okay. basketball guy, right? And so what I what I enjoy most about playing pickup basketball is that I'm not super attached to the outcome. Like I show up and I play with the guys in the gym because I like I really like hanging out with them. Yeah, mm. when I'm on the court, I'm a I'm a very competitive person. Like we're trying to win. But when I step off the court and I go home, like I don't think about whether I lost or won that pickup basketball game. It has no bearing on my happiness or my energy levels at all in life. And if I can design my life so that I can play pickup basketball all day with the people that I want to be in business with, and when I'm done playing, I can walk off the court and be like, ah, I'm tired. I don't want to play anymore. Right. I want to go do something else for the rest of my day. That is my idea of designing the life around, you know, playing my game. And it's funny, like it took me years and years and years to realize that analogy, but it's like, that's all I want. I just want to play business the same way I play pickup basketball. I, first of all, the analogy is genius. I've written it down. Uh, I will give you credit because I'm certain that I'll use it. Uh, I think that's a beautiful, it's a beautiful picture. Cause it's like, you're all out on the court. You're going to play, you're going to, you know, you want to play well, but it doesn't own you when you leave it. And how many people do we know, friends of yours, friends of mine that have been in business for a long time and that business still owns them. It owns their time. It owns their mental bandwidth. It owns their health, uh, personal health, relationship health. Uh, so yes, I, I could not agree more with that. And I, this is, this, you know, I had a totally different, uh, approach to it, but same, same thing, exact yeah. same thing. Beautifully said. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. All right. So let's finish up by usually I like to kind of finish this show with if, you know, you've, you've got so much experience. You wrote this amazing book. What is something, a lesson that you've learned either recently or in your life that you'd like to leave the listeners with what's on your mind and, and, and what, what would you like to give to our listeners so that they can take that back? Well, it really, I mean, we've spent the whole time talking about this really. And, and I, for me, it's, if you're sitting there listening to this, you can make a change. Like you, you have the power to make a change. And I, that's literally how I started my book too. It's like, if only I could dot, dot, dot. And how many times have you and I sat in the, in a, in a conversation with somebody who goes on and on ad nauseum, which my martial arts coach calls an ear beating mm. and you receive an ear beating, but at the end, guess what happens? Nothing, nothing happens, nothing. So guess what? It's time for, if this is you and you continue to have these conversations with yourself and your spouse and your girlfriend or boyfriend or friend or whomever at work, guess what? That needs to stop. Like it needs to stop right now. And you get to come back to all the things that you and I have talked about through this whole thing. And Paul, I'm sure we, we haven't spent a ton of time talking, but man, I'm, I am jacked about you being in the universe, helping people with this because, uh, Everything that you say is, is spot on and people need to stop making excuses for their lack of performance and their lack of vision and their lack of the things that have happened in their life. And they need to take ownership of it and write it down and stop being afraid of themselves and stop being afraid of the things that they want to actually do 
and instead take that imperfect action, take that micro-stepping towards the goal that they want to actually have happen. And guess what happens? You take one step and you see a little further. What does that mean? It's like go underwrite an actual house with somebody who knows what they're doing. Micro step, go put it under contract and walk it with an inspector, walk it with uh, an appraiser friend, pay, pay somebody, right? Go do the things. Step three, purchase the house, right? You can, you will not be in the game if you don't buy the house, period. So to, it doesn't matter without action. Mm-hmm. And then you get st- house one, house two is infinitely easier than house one and house three beyond that and, and so forth. So uh, I just implore people to one, think about what you actually want. And number two, take actual action towards it because you will forever be frustrated. And think about this. They talk about this all the time about people on their deathbed, right? So you've lived your life. You've ran your, your race. What do people regret most? Spending time with people that they love, doing work that they didn't enjoy, that didn't bring fulfillment to them, right? We get to make a change and a choice right now for whatever those things are that we want it to be and whatever it is that we get to think about and say, you know what? Well done. Mm. That's great, ma'am. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your story with with the listeners here. <clears throat> Um, this was a, this was an awesome conversation and, uh, you know, just lastly, I want to leave everybody with this, use the investor frame, knowing what you know now and the, the conversation that, that Nathan and I have just had, what changes do you need to make in your life, your business, your investments to help you get closer to the things that you want? Um, for everybody, thanks for tuning in and, uh, Nathan, thank you again for joining me. We'll, we'll see you guys on the next show. See ya.